Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this body started With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, and the Jimmy, JC All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty It's time to get this body started tonight Breaking news, Jesus Christ has died Son of notable universe creator and former gymnast Gerald God Rabinowitz Was found dead this morning in Jerusalem by thousands of people The circumstances surrounding his death appear to be suspicious We'll have more on this story plus weather and sports at the top of the hour <laughs> Gonna offend so many people. So good. <laughs> you know what? If you're if you're easily offended, you, you probably shouldn't be listening to our podcast anyway. And the fact is, right? If 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 Jesus and that whole story, if you believe in it, if it happened in modern times, that would be how it'd be reported, right? Because 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 Jesus apparently was more retroactively popular at the time without social media without the media you know it wasn't wasn't that well known right it's only in years since that he's become this 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 cult figure right it's like a lot of artists they're only really truly appreciated until they're dead yeah you're (laughs) comparing jesus to kurt cobain basically right (laughs) basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure he had a grunge era (laughs) well he had the hair didn't he yeah i could see jesus in, in a pit you know? Yes. Absolutely. The, the, everyone's been so quiet, Amy. Have you noticed that? Because they're so terrified about offending <laughs> no, millions and billions. Of I, people. I, I have to say, I said it the other day, I love the blue-eyed, Caucasian, blonde Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Amy, if she had a mustache and a beard, 
could be that. You look close enough. There might be. Oh, yes. You're not getting that fixed for France, are you? You're trying to attract (laughs) some. I might fit right in. (laughs) (laughs) Let let the old armpits go, too. Ooh. JC could be Jesus, too. Yeah. He's got longish hair. He's got the beard. Mm -hmm. Baby J. I have have the initials. You do? JC, Jeff Cole. Yeah. Mm. Greg's here. Uh, Jimmy's not here today. Presumably he's at the church. Um, he strikes me as the kind of guy that if, if his mum says to him, listen, J- James, it's time to, you know, once a year come to church with me, I think he'd go. I think he's, he's that kind of son, don't you? I think I so. He's, he's, he's in confession right now and it's just going on so long. It is confession day, right? Right. And he's getting his hot cross buns tended to, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You nailed that one. Did you? <laughs> there it is. Did you guys grow up with those every Good Friday? I don't know if we would. My mom would have us make hot crust buns, or we would have them. Like it was a thing in our household. Yeah, I think it was early in my when, when my mom made me go to church between the ages of like zero and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was something too, and always fish on Good Friday as yes, well. Yes, we certainly didn't eat meat. But we did, uh, you did have to sit in the Good Friday Mass. It's not a Mass, it's a service. Mm -hmm. And you have to do the old confession, which I did twice in my life. And then I said to my mother, why am I telling this dude things about me? And she would never, and she, it was one of the one things she didn't fight me on when I was like 14, 15. I said, Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. You were right to question it. (laughs) Well, come on. Well, he was trying to put his hands through that little, Oh, oh easy there, big fella. <laughs> he didn't have to. He's on the same side as you. <laughs> I'm sitting on his lap. <laughs> Terrible. Easter that Santa is Claus. Awful. He was my Easter Santa. But we we grew up going to, going to Sunday school, and it was it was it was fun. I liked it. I was with my friends, and my mom taught like a different age group, and it was all very kind of family oriented. And then I got old enough to kind of get a sense of what it was. So maybe Charms, you said zero to eight. So maybe around mm. nine or 10, I was like, what's happening here exactly? <laughs> then officially renounced it maybe a couple of years later. But I just remember like coloring that Jesus that you're talking about, the blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus in like a, like a Christian coloring book. I'm like, oh, these are lovely stories. Yeah, I was the same. It's, it's the minute That's you get old enough to start questioning things, saying, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about this. How did Noah get all those animals on yeah. that? Oh. I know, oh, that's the Old Testament, the Craig. That's been debunked already. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we should actually, you know what we should do for these kind of shows is get our boy, a uh, friend of the show, Michael Corrin on, because uh, Michael obviously is a, actually uh, is a priest and is probably the smartest guy we've ever had on this show. And he can talk to you about this. And he's obviously a man of ex- like devout faith, but realistic devout faith as well. I think and, we should uh, have Michael Corrin and Razor on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> but you know what? It's funny you mentioned that, Amy, because growing up, when I was taken to like church by my, my grandma, which is more of an Anglican church, compared to the Catholic church that I went, I went to Catholic school. And I was forced to go to those masses. It was such a different experience. The Anglican service was actually quite pleasant you know the priest would tell mm. stories you know he'd relate it to the bible sure but there was more of a pop culture feel to it as opposed to this you're gonna be damned forever unless you follow these rules uh, this fear 
such a difference. So I'm, I'm not condoning Anglican faith either, but I, I had a problem. I had a problem when they would bring up the uh, you're going to go blind with the masturbation. <laughs> and I'm like, of course that was it for you longer. You're like, that's why you got glasses. This is a, yeah. this is a total deal breaker. I'm out. <laughs> I can't hump my parents' bed. What are we talking about? <laughs> hey, I think since the uh, the risk incident, Wonger, yes, uh, that, there was no god in your house after that. <laughs> Sixty nine, dude. Uh, we were actually funny because I, <laughs> me and Wonger were actually debating before you guys came on today because um, I thought I'd be hilarious and and put my name here as Pontius Pilot, but I spelt Pilot P I L O T, and Wonger called me out on it. Do you know how to spell Pontius Pilate? Any of you? JC? Amy? I think, yeah. So you have the first name spelled correctly, I believe. P-O-N-T-I-U-S. And that's P-I-L-A-T-E, is it not? Yeah, well done. Mm -hmm. Your Bible spelling is bang on. (laughs) It's going right in my bio. (laughs) (laughs) Good Bible Bible spelling. On point. (laughs) Can you spell frankincense? (laughs) <laughs> I cannot. Oh, but that is, I mean, that smell evokes so much of, of the church for me. What about myrrh? What is myrrh? No. They're all the spices. Kind of thing, right? They're all spices. Yeah. But now you're, now you're mixing up the Christmas and Easter. Mm. Yeah. So when was a bunny born? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the bunnies and the eggs. That's it. Well, as Jimmy mentioned on the dark web, and why the hell does a bunny lay eggs? Mm-hmm. Chocolate ones. Chocolate ones are that. <laughs> it all makes no sense to me. But anyway, yeah. if you're celebrating Easter weekend, um, congratulations. Another day off work. Well done. Um, is it, it got me thinking, actually. Is there like a former player you, you wouldn't mind seeing rise again into the modern era of, of football? Don't say Pele. Don't say Maradona. Is there someone that, if, even from your past, I don't know, someone that you thought, man, that player, I think they could do something. I want to see how they match up against the, the current stock of, of superstars. Who's going to rise again in your footballing fictional world? Craig? I would say Hugo Sanchez. The great the Hugo shows. Sanchez, yeah. And the reason being, st- as opposed to the story, Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Amy wins. I'm so glad Amy said that. You assholes. So good. Well, you know, though, when when Hugo Sanchez played in those old pitches, when it rained, there was definitely a Dirty Sanchez in goal. Right. So, Craig, why, why uh, Hugo Sanchez specifically? Well, you he mentioned for, he, Sorry, he played for the Cleveland Steamers? <laughs> that was an NASL team, I think. That's right. <laughs> no, he played for the San Diego Suckers. God. <laughs> or Suckers, he did, actually. They were called the Suckers? San Diego Suckers. Like, Suckers as an S-O-C-C-E-R-S? Uh, S-O-C-K-E-R-S. Jeez, that was close. What does that mean? I don't get it. Because they wore socks? Punchers. Or like sockers? Like Like like, What? No. Looking it up right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. please. 
both both JC and Wong are there reacted, oh no, like suckers like punching. I don't think it makes any sense. That would be it. <laughs> Craig, you, you brought it up. Why why were they called the suckers? Well, I actually brought up Hugo Sanchez. But then you brought up you paid for the <laughs> San Diego suckers. Well, you guys were fucking around. Guys, there's still a San Diego I was, Suckers. I'm sorry. From 1978, San Diego, San Diego Soccers are an American professional indoor soccer franchise playing in the Western Division of the Major Arena Soccer League okay, since did, 2009. Can you find out why they were called the Suckers? It can't be because they wore socks. That's just fucking stupid. No. I think it has to be what Wonger and, and GC Joe. Jesus yeah. Christ, I just saw your name. GC. Go sock them. <laughs> just saw it too, actually. <laughs> saw it. Jeffers uh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Hugo Sanchez, you sorry. <laughs> Amy. <laughs> he was like the fourth highest goal scorer in the league of history. Um seventh highest in Real Madrid history. Does that make sense? And why would you want to bring him back to life now? Would he be good in well, the modern I, era? I, well, he scored 164 goals in 207 games at Real Madrid. I think he would score a goal a game in modern times, especially with the the pitches and everything else. And then for Mexico, he was he was there with some 77 to 90, 94 as an international. He only played 58 games because they didn't play that many games back then. But he was around for a long time. He actually scored against us in the last qualifier and uh, for 94. Right. Do you think it was easier to score goals? Like, sorry, easier now than, than back then to score goals? Um, yes. I, well, I just think of the conditions. I, I think that he ha- doesn't have to deal with the bad pitches and getting the life kicked out of him like Maradona. Just a different game. I mean, they just physically, we would do the same. I mean, when we played against them, like, you know, give him a kick right from behind, right away. See if see if he's in for in for their battle. You look at what Maradona went through. Hugo Sanchez was exactly the same. So right. just physically, you just had to. You couldn't foul as much. I mean, those numbers you mentioned. I mean, that's prolific, right? In that era, when, like you said, you're, you're looking out for your your safety as well. Nowadays, players, you, you, there's incidents, sure, but generally speaking, they're so protected. You don't get too many brutal challenges anymore. Right, no. So yes, yeah, good one. That would be interesting, actually, in, in, in the modern game. Some of those players. I mean, we mentioned before Maradona, and I, I said before that, that we're, let's not discuss him. We have before, but I mean, he was brutalized every mm-hmm. time he took to the pitch. Can you imagine him? You know, nowadays without having you know the hatchet men after him. Yeah, and and the rules in the the game of you know, there's been little rule changes here and there. And the one now I like with the playing the ball inside the box and keeping control of it like they do. And everybody wants to play like Pep. I think it makes for a better game. And other sports have done the same. You know, when you look at the National Hockey League, you know, when they stopped that clutching and grabbing, it just completely changed the game. And it's increased chances, speed, which has actually become a bit of a problem because they travel so quickly. But it's made for a better technical game and smaller players make it in football, just as though they do in the NHL. Would that be fair to say, Amy? Yeah, I think so. What about, I was thinking while you were talking there, what about anybody that you played with, either with Canada or when you were playing 
overseas, is there anybody that you played with in that era that you'd like to see kind of mm. have a go in the current era? Well, I think a couple of the strikers, John Catliff and Dale Mitchell, uh, two guys that I really feel that were good enough to to play in Europe. Um, John, physically able, um, trouble with him was his knees <laughs> were no good and they just kept collapsing. And then Dale Mitchell, to spend most of his time in North America, played well in North American Soccer League. He was around at a very good time. But at the same token, I think that uh, being Canadian hurt him and he never really took that opportunity or had an opportunity to go to Europe. What about you, Craig? If, if Craig Forrest was born in 2000, what kind of goalkeeper is he Is he in the modern game? Hmm. Well, first of all, you'd have to come right out of the gates and work on your foot footwork. I mean, my footwork was pretty good. It got better, um, but I was comfortable certainly playing around. I didn't mind the rule change of not picking up the back. The back pass, it, it didn't really concern me. Because that came, that came during your career, didn't it? That, that rule change. You oh, yeah. Change. You had to adjust. I remember the very first game in John Wark, right in front of me, he was two yards out and he three yards away from me and he, he tried a little back pass. So, yeah, I'm just swatting <laughs> at it. Screaming, what are you doing? Clear the, yeah. <laughs> and then there was another one, Ile Berkovich, little Israeli player. Fantastic player in midfield, especially at home. Um, remember the rule change about throwing the ball? You could throw the ball back to the goalkeeper and you could pick it up. They changed right. the rule. You could throw it back to the goalkeeper, but now you can't pick it up. And I remember playing Crystal Palace at home, and Al Berkovich never took throw-ins, but he managed. He was in the corner, and the ball went out of play really quickly, and he just picked it up, and I could see him just ready to just hurl it really, really hard at me so I could pick the ball up. And I was in the meantime, and he's he's in the he's in the process of the bat the, the throw in, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so one hopped it, and it came up sort of chest height, and I've had to do sort of a side volley. Didn't uh, go so well. I remember it scuffed it right to a guy called Shipperly. Remember Crystal Palace striker? Oh yeah, I do remember. Uh, what's his first name? I mean, who cares if you've got a last name named Shipperly? Just go with Shipperly. That's pretty like cool, Madonna. isn't it? Yeah, Let's strong just call name. Yeah. Shipperly. Well, he scored. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was the bad side of it. So then, we, yeah, we went in two one down. Now this was the same game where the um, Asian Far East Gambling Syndicate uh, results out in gambling in the Far East will often stand after sixty minutes. So they obviously had a draw, and Frank Lampard scored in the 62nd minute to tie 2-2. And all I remember is Frank Lampard running off to the crowd and the lights going out, like everything, just bosh, blackness. And they blew up the, the power room. There was no coming back from that. There was just, it was going to take a week to fix it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that was brought to you by Wong's famous casino and gaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Craig, it was Neil Shipperly, wasn't it? Neil Shipperly, that's right. Um, don't Google him. <laughs> You've done it, haven't you? Yeah. There's there was an incident. Oh, yeah. And I now he's a disgraced that. ex-footballer. Mm. Oh no. Yeah. Well, would I scored be- a goal that didn't actually count in the end because the game was abandoned we had to replay it but from gambling standpoints i guess whoever had those the bets going on they they picked up that but those that group was actually caught because they did the same thing at sellhurst park for an arsenal game against wimbledon 
I believe it was Wimbledon because they were sharing the ground with Palace. And then they did it. Then they got caught at Charlton Athletic when they tried to do a little tour of the ground and the, somebody thought it was suspicious. And, mm. Really and so. Got, and so they got caught. I love so. hearing you talking about this era all the time with such detail because I'm reading The Mixer right now by Michael Cox. And there's actually a couple of references. And I think, I wonder, I think Craig was there for those, which is pretty cool. We which one? Which ones are they? Well, I have to go back and look with some right. detail before I attempt to recount them. But it's mm. it's the whole era in the Prem after they institute that that rule change where you're not allowed the back passes and how that shaped the Prem for years to come. Mm-hmm. There, there are a few um, writers out there who get a grasp of tactics better than Michael Cox. He's brilliant. Big fan of his. Um, Amy, how would um, a combative midfielder like yourself fare in, in in the game today? Now, you didn't actually, you know, it wasn't that many years ago that you were playing. It's still still long enough, though. It's getting more and more. Yeah. But uh, how would how, how in the modern game, in these pristine conditions, NWSL, WSL, champ, where, whatever it is, how how would you have fared? Do you think would your game have been the same, or would you have had to adjust? No, I think I would have had to uh, adapt and and evolve. But I think I think I had the capacity to to do so. But, um, you know, what I have had, the you know, a 10-year career, me, maybe not. But I think I, my, my bread and butter still would have been kind of that, that destroyer, that defensive presence, um, that anchor in, in the bottom of the midfield and kind of you insulating have, the back line. Kicking shit out of people. Yep. <laughs> but would you have um, really wanted to test the waters in Europe and in, in the top leagues there, or would you have stayed in North America, in the NWSL? That's a good question. I think in, like going back and looking at my career when, when it happened, I think I would have liked to have, have gone over if I had I'd had the opportunity. Um, but I probably would have gone to Scandinavia. Like re and D were in Norway for a couple of years. Like I would have liked to have have explored that a little bit because those are all, they've always been really strong leagues leagues in in Norway and in mm-hmm. Sweden. Um, but like to to watch the the WSL and and to see kind of the the level right now and and then the quality. Um, on on the pitch, um, it would have been really interesting to test myself there. I don't know if I would have had the opportunity, but it would have been cool to 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 be over there and to get to experience that. Do you think the NWSL will remain as one of one of the top leagues in in the world in the next decade or so, or will Europe kind of take over and, and more and more players will, will ply their trade over there? Because right now it's kind of odd, isn't it? Different seasons, mm-hmm. but they're still very much on on the same level. Yeah, I think you look at the progress that's that's been made in in the WSL and the influx of really talented players of the Premier Division in Spain. In Spain, um, it, it's going to be tough to compete with that. But I think there was in in the Athletic there was a, a, an article about the Brazilians currently in the NWSL. I think they're up to eight or nine. Dibinha being one of them, who actually wasn't in that game yesterday. That England one, that finalissima, mm-hmm. um, which was was an outstanding game to watch um, 83,000 plus at Wembley mm. um, and Marta was not there either. So two big guns for Brazil who were missing uh, as part of that squad. Um, but the NWSL continues to kind of attract talent and, you know, it's, it's undeniable to look at the talent pool in the U S and how that continues to grow. So I think there'll always be a draw. It'll be, it'll be different, but whether or not they can keep pace with what's happening in Europe is, is a different story. I think. So they'll come down charms to basically finances. And if the Premier League start flexing their financial muscle, um, 
at the moment, I don't believe that women's product is actually making money, but it's progressing to a point where they're investing heavily into it, the media are into it. And if it gets to a point where they're just out muscling everybody, they're going to they're gonna buy the best and be the best. And I think we've seen that a little bit, Amy, recently in the last couple of years, they're really pushing in the likes of even, you know, Canadians like Buchanan moving from, you mm-hmm. know, the stronghold of uh, Lyon. Mm-hmm. And then coming over to to Chelsea is a is a is a big move in itself. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where yeah where Ashley Lawrence ends up because her contract mm. or she's she's said or has been rumored that she will not be resigning at PSG. So where does she go? You know, I mean, I I think NWSL might be in that conversation early on, but I think when you look at the suitors or the rumored suitors, I think you have to go where there's parity. And I think you also have to go where she can continue to to toil and to test herself in Champions League. So it doesn't leave you with with a whole lot of a whole lot of teams. I think in a just like does she end up in Spain? Does she end up playing uh, with Barca mm-hmm. or Real Madrid? Or I think you go to to you know does she end up at Chelsea? You no, know, could have three Canadians there. And that Champions League is a, is also going to be a draw for players, not only mm-hmm. just the domestic leagues, right? Because it's a it's a good product, and that's also getting you know good traction as well. So they have that on top of the uh, of the North American leagues, really. I was looking at you know players who you like to see rise again from previous eras, and, and I thought about Marta, but then I thought, oh yeah, she's still playing. <laughs> she's still playing. That's so, right. She's doing all right, even though she's injured right now. What about you, Amy? Any player from from the past you'd love to see how they play their trade uh, in, in the modern era? Well, I was trying to think of you know players that I maybe played against that I'd love to see. I'd love to see maybe like a Christine Lilly who I always really admired with, with the U.S. women's national team, over you know, 300 caps with them, really an, an integral part of, of, of that 1999 team in that era. Um, but then coming from a, a, a Celtic family where I married into one, um, you know, there's, there's posters in our house of, of old Jimmy Johnston. And oh, that, yeah, that kind of, yeah, old Jinky, uh, you know, part of that uh, European Cup winning team in, in 67 and then really mazy cool dribbler. Like I think he would slot right into the modern era. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Probably at Chelsea, you know, cause they haven't got enough of those players. <laughs> yeah, that's <Perfect>. right. <laughs> Johan Cruyff would be interesting too, right? You know, a, a true legend who redefined the position and, you know, he'd still be world-class today. I'm sure. About Wonga, JC, any thoughts? I mean, not, not just soccer. Like I'm curious about, I always like comparing generations. It's so unfair on the generations because we always think we're better now which is crap it's just different can you think of any uh, athletes that you'd like to see uh, rise the, again just the one i know i i would have loved to see craig playing now to see what that looked like but the bigger thing was it with dickio i know you guys always said um there was a point in the prem where there was always a big number nine and they threw it in i it's changed a little. Now they have Holland, who's also the fastest guy on the pitch. He's the strongest guy in the he's pitch. He's a freak, though. He's a, mm. he's a freak. But I'd like to see, hey, maybe having that huge target again and seeing what a nefarious villain of a Dickio would do to some of these guys who are just babies out there. Like a few elbows, you know, and Craig always talks about getting elbows by guys and through, wrecking some dudes on his own. I'd like to see that kind of come back a little bit. Well, it's, it's funny, right? I mean, Val Veghorst, right? He's huge, typical target man, Craig, right? He's playing actually deep in, not quite midfield, but not far off. 
at United. So maybe they could, you know, bring Dickio back from the cryogenic chamber that we froze him in when he left Footy Prime and bring him back on the pitch now as a <laughs> midfielder. Well, I'm not sure. I don't see Deech as a midfield general well, anyway. <laughs> Clever coaches nowadays. Eric Ten Hag. He's running off to the bookies, making bets, coming back. <laughs> hey, you, I've said, got a... <laughs> you said cryogenic uh, chamber there, and it just made me think of the first Austin Powers where he gets unfrozen. He just takes that, like, five-minute piss. <laughs> that's what, I, that's what I, my mind went to. <laughs> it stops and starts again. Evacuation yeah. complete. Yeah. <laughs> Evacuation complete. Joel. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we were, I watched that the, the mall recently with my daughter they're so um, inappropriate they really are inappropriate oh um, most of it went over her head but a lot didn't Yeah, and she knows a lot more than I think I think I know um, but they age pretty well those movies they're still ridiculously funny <laughs> your daughter's about the same age as my oldest so I think I need to do the same yeah it's, it's worth it yeah, get you and JP, me and Tony. We we had a you know, a couple of glasses of wine, you know, and watched it. And it's like, yeah, this is still great, <laughs> and it's still ludicrous enough that she appreciates it. You know, my my daughter Josephine, and uh, yeah, a lot of it probably she shouldn't have heard, <laughs> seen. But hey, she's gonna hear worse in the schoolyard, so they oh, say. Yeah. Um, it's been a crazy so it's been a crazy year, right? And I was gonna ask you, I got some headlines here, and I want to ask you all. If in August, which of these stories, if in August I told you this is a headline, you'd say was most ludicrous, all right? So here's some headlines for you. Let's go back in August, right? And you heard and read these headlines, all right? Um, Ronaldo leaves Manchester United for Al Nasser. All right, that's one. Arsenal, eight points clear of Man City with one month to go. Roy Hodgson, unbeaten in return to Crystal Palace. <laughs> Napoli, 16 points clear at the top of Serie A. Haaland on pace for 40 league goals in debut mm-hmm. season at City. And Frank Lampard replaces Graham Potter at 11th place Chelsea. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. That's brilliant, Sharms. What a segment. I love this. It's crazy though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all crazy. But I think you're right, Amy. I think the Lampard one, just the whole story around that, back in August when Thomas Tuchel was still in charge of Chelsea, you're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, Nothing's going to change there. There'll there'll be a contender. And then to hear that, what has gone wrong with this world? Yeah. Because, I mean, Frank Lampard in there, and, and you guys talked about it on the last pod, like uh, uh, that's going to, it's going to galvanize the the fans and, and, and the players will, you know, instantly respect him. But like, this is the best that we can do you know, to, to bring in Frank Lampard. I mean, you only have to look, you know, at, at, at the women's team, you already have a remarkable player manager, somebody who's won the FA Cup, somebody who's won the league in Emma Hayes. Why don't you do something different? Hire Emma Hayes. You know what? <laughs> it's a great call because, I mean, she could clearly do the job, right? But there's no way there's an owner courageous enough yet in men's soccer to hire a, a woman coach, is there? No. Nope. Or is there? I no, don't I don't think there is. I think they should. You, you've been talking Emma Hayes for ages, Charms. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just talking from a, from a media perspective. When she does color commentary mm-hmm. or analysis, like she, she talks and I learn stuff. There aren't too many color commentators that you can say that about. She's so insightful. 
and sees the game so so differently. But Craig, from a from a footballing standpoint, as a man, a male footballer, are we there yet that a room would accept a, a woman coach? Clearly not. <laughs> you kind of you kind of leaned in from a distance there. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to. He did the clearly he did, not. He did the homer that he came yeah. back out again out of the bushes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's done it yet, but it'll be something we see pretty pretty soon, I would imagine. You think so? But what would be the issue, though? I mean, say 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 Emma Hayes gets hired by someone. I mean, I'm not sure she wants to. Quite honestly, she's got a pretty good gig at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what would be the biggest challenge when she walks in that room to start things off? I mean. From a footballer's standpoint, what are they are they saying? Well, I mean, they must see the results at Chelsea and what she's done in her career, mm. and clearly understand she knows her stuff. She knows football. Why wouldn't they accept her? I don't I personally. I don't see any issue in it whatsoever. Just that you're going to be walking around with your cocks out. But other than that, I'm sure she doesn't care. She's seen probably plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> down to happy good friday <laughs> a couple of guys walking around bare-assed with their wangs out trying to intimidate right? the female coach well there's enough female reporters though and journalists right in the rooms now who, who I, don't, yeah. I don't think the players yeah. care i don't think you're going to intimidate her by the way by walking around she, she would yeah she's too quick-witted for that to shoot for a bunch of naked footballers males <laughs> think about the PR move though from a club to do that though right I mean you, sh- you shouldn't be doing it just for PR but I think it would be an incredible move by uh, by forget a top club just a club right now and the first time it happens and, and the success following on from that there's going to be the gates are open at that point aren't they maybe maybe uh, although we still like Ryan Reynolds would do that at Wrexham perhaps you know yeah, maybe, maybe, but I mean, m- but maybe it would be too, too generous here. I mean, listen, there's no diversity in coaching at top flight football. How many black coaches are there? Very, very few. Probably you, now. It's, it's the, the same group that's just cycled through over and over again. Yeah, probably in 92 clubs, there's five now maybe at the moment. Yeah. We lost one in the Premier League, Crystal Palace there. With yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to that phenomenon we were discussing with the CSA. I was Charmaine Crooks gets put in charge. And as, as much as I think that she's been complicit to everything, it's still a, a, a person of color, a first person of color in charge, um, first woman in charge. But then you're put in those positions in, in times of crisis. So your chances of failure are, are higher. So, you know, you, you look at the, the Premier League and, and the, the tenuous situations that new managers are usually brought into and the pressure that they're under. Um, you know, you, you bring Emma Hayes into a, a, a team right now that, that needs results, that they're under the gun, and then the, the pressure would really, really be on. But I yeah. guess there'd be no best-case scenario, really, for it to happen at first, right? Somebody has to be the, 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 the first woman. Somebody has to, has to kind of break that seal as it were they have that saying and uh the first person through the door always gets the bullets right so you're always going to be put in that spot um charms going back to your headlines though mm-hmm. it's the fall from grace for cristiano ronaldo that is that he was you know didn't play much during the world cup his teammates on portugal 
were kind of disdain disdainful of him being mm-hmm. there. And man, you just kind of all of a sudden started playing better. Like that mm-hmm. kind of was interesting. And then him down in Saudi making what uh, a billion dollars a day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're right. Though. Coming off a pretty good year at United, right? Yeah. He was the yeah. top goal scorer and for the, the, the decline to be so steep when it happened. I, for, for me, it's a, it's a Napoli story. Mm. You know, 1990 with Maradona was when they won it last. It was all a part of that, Ferrero. Been an awful long time. I don't think anybody south of Rome's won it since then. So it's a big, big moment for that city. And they're cruising right now, cruising. But it's not all smooth, though, is it? Right now, the uh, the ultras, the fans are boy, not, well, they're boycotting. They're protesting against Dolorentius, the owner, regarding ticket prices. It's getting pretty nasty right now during matches. So just when they have this moment that they can finally celebrate becoming, you know, Serie A champions once again, another Scudetto, there is that lingering noise off the pitch, which is a shame. It is a shame. Shame no, for uh, Insigne, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was well, still with them last at this point, right? Uh, last year. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because he, he only yeah. came over in the summer. Mm-hmm. So his last eight months in the winter of discon- mm. discontent in Toronto has not been great. Hey, did you see, though, the uh, TSN piece with uh kevin kilban and, and julian de guzman and kelsey bray talking about tfc and michael bradley it was really good actually but they they, they, they asked a question listen is it time is it time to start rotating michael bradley he's 34 mm. years of age um they, they brought up points and had a lot of uh, data and, and video to back it up how it's, it's not him running the pitch that is the issue he can do that it's a quick move it's a four five minute four five yard sprints that's really costing tfc right now and you know they didn't use the term nepotism um but it is kind of an awkward situation right when it comes time to say to michael bradley okay we need to cut your minutes and it's coming from your dad um it's got quite a lot of, <laughs> quite a lot of noise on, uh, <laughs> i just think of you sure yeah, no, it's the, the complete opposite to me <laughs> right and my playing days under my dad yeah, it's like that, but the opposite. Um, but I mean, I mean, they made a good point, right? And it seems like, you know, Michael Bradley has been such a great servant for TFC. And he's still a very good player, don't get me wrong. But it does come a time, right, when it's you've got to look introspectively and think maybe it's time to take some games off. And I, I don't know who replaces him right now because I'm not sure that player is currently playing for TFC. Um, but w- what do you think, Amy? A great player. But that is kind of obvious now at times during matches, you know, he's, he's not what he was and who is. Yeah. And you brought up just at the end there, what my first thought was, well, if he comes off, who, who comes in, in, in his place, who fills that role. Um, and, you know, we saw him last year. Did he not drop as a, as a center back occasionally? He did. Yeah. I, and did well. And then oftentimes you see that, that, that evolution in, in kind of a deeper lying midfielder, they get moved back to, to the back line when that, not necessarily the pace, but that quickness starts to go out of their game with age. But I, that's a hard discussion that you have to have. And, you know, does it come from, does it come from him, the player? Because I mean, he, he's got to realize it himself, right? You would think so. Um, does, does, does it, does that conversation come at the Easter dinner table? <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, players are, uh, have a lot of pride, 
right? So I'm not, I'm not saying that he's, he's going to have the, the, the presence of mind and maybe swallow his pride and have that conversation or, or, or start it off first, instigate it with his dad or with maybe the you know, leadership group on, on TFC. But I think being in his position, I think I'd want to have that conversation first rather than whisper start amongst the players about how, well, maybe he's still in because his dad's the coach. Because that that would not be good for for the locker room and and for the kind of the the, the mentality and just everything the atmosphere mm-hmm. in the team. Mm-hmm. And when you're not getting results, everybody's going to start picking the team apart. Where are they failing? Where are we weak? You know, where are they, where are these problems coming from? Um, but there's always going to be a time, and I think that is around now um, when you have the discussion about his minutes. But again, who takes over and? If they start winning games, all this chatter will go away, at least uh, at least for now. Yeah. And, and listen, they weren't saying that he's done and he shouldn't play anymore mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Just he, was never, he was never lightning fast. No, never. No, exactly. But he never. plays every game, right? And, and did last yeah. year as well. Very few players in MLS played more minutes than Michael Bradley. And at that age, it's pretty impressive in itself. But right. uh, it's, it's, you know, it's time to look at that, at least, you know. And I, I thought it was a really great segment. Just you, you don't see too many critical TFC segments on the host broadcaster. You just don't, right? So it was refreshing in that regard. Mm-hmm. But maybe the, how his minutes are managed um, helps fix the problem that TFC seems to have in, in managing games, both from um, you know the, the gaffer's perspective, but also the veterans on the pitch and who's providing leadership in the last half an hour of games where they're failing to close out these games and, and, and you know, they're ending up in ties when they look comfortable in the lead. And then the other team comes back and I know, you know, the, the conditions of, of last game and having the wind or not having the wind. And you see Bernadeschi's Olympico, it, it, the, that wind assisted goal that wins like the goal of the week, but then TFC have to defend against that in the second half. I mean, I think if you take that out of the equation mm. altogether, they just have had issues in, in managing games and seeing games out to secure those three points. They've let a lot of points go this season so far they have once again uh they're up against nashville this saturday 8 30 p.m eastern vancouver is hosting portland in a bit of a west coast derby there and uh montreal you're montreal there against the revs on saturday at 7 30 p.m eastern shall we get to footy picks well what do you think sure i also but just before footy picks though was gonna also say it's not just the host broadcaster it's the same company right MLSC mm-hmm. owns mm-hmm. parts of all of owns all of FC and uh, you know owns and, part and of the Raptors TSN. and the yeah. Leafs. Yeah, and so it's the same with Sportsnet, TSN. Yeah, you, like, you do often. Where's the critical analysis? And the yeah. Leafs are playing really well. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's not so easy. The Raptors yeah. are champions three years ago, whatever it is. A tough year this year, but going to make the play in. Yeah, right. So we'll we'll see when things go wrong. Yeah. It was interesting. It, I, I did see it and I thought it was actually well done because I was like, oh, how critical are they going to be? And they ended up having other write-ups about it, which was great. If you are hungering and thirsting for a critical analysis, um, we're happy to do it for you as yeah. well. So yeah. just let us know. You name the team, you name the player, uh, and you want an evisceration job, <laughs> we'll do it for you. <laughs> and, and our own Craig Forrest right now being, being the expert on the Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm digging it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Did, yeah. Did you impressed by that, Amy? I really was. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, you you went absolutely missing, by the way. No, I know. I think it was. I was the, I was on a couple of milk cartons in the second half of that <laughs> five nil dismantling last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Schwenier and all of your picks really did well. Yeah, and then Charm's comments. I was like, really? Are we going after me for being in on the footy picks? But I just might opt out of any Montreal <laughs> contest going forward. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was having fun by accusing you of gambling on MLS. <laughs> <laughs> All right, footy picks, roll it. Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Mellow D. It's footy picks, it's footy picks, it's footy picks on footy prime. And we're back. Thank you, Danny Dicchio. Um, All right, so lots of games. <laughs> what a terrible fucking line that was. Of course, there's lots of games. <laughs> Middle of the season, for Christ's sakes. That's I'm a not good the tagline. <laughs> um, in the Prem, uh, well, I'm sure you guys have your, well, you obviously have your, your computers open. Any games jumping out? We've got United, Everton, Villa, Notts Forest, Brentford, Newcastle, Fulham, West Ham, uh, Wolves, Chelsea with Frank Lampard, of course, Spurs, Brighton, Leicester, Bournemouth. That's enormous. Uh, Southampton City, Leeds Palace, and Liverpool Arsenal on Sunday, the late kickoff. Uh, yeah. Craig, what are you thinking? What do you have? I like Vancouver against Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I like this Craig Forrest, like Easter pun intended, all of his eggs in one basket. I like what, it. And why is that, Craig? So Vancouver's paying a minus 117. So they are the favorites, uh, Portland plus 285 on the road in that one. Wow. Big favorites. I think I think those two uh, additions with Besher and Ahmed were excellent. And uh, we're going to find out whether that was just because Montreal were very poor, had a man down after 23, and also... Payette. Uh, <laughs> Payette, dude. Payette. Your team sucks. Piet. <laughs> I can't Piet. believe, Craig, all this time you've been calling him Piet, not Piet, Piet. man. You should be ashamed of yourself. Jesus, he's an international for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Anyway. So you're taking Vancouver in that one. Yeah, they're on fire. They're going to win back. you think they recover, back. though, after getting kind of dismantled by LAFC midweek? Oh, yeah. They're at home. They're going to they'll be fine. Like Other Google, than that, I, I like to, I like Brighton for a draw at Spurs. Mm. Yeah, that's that's not a bad one actually. Let's see what they're paying right now. Uh, where are we here? Well, now it's gone because you maybe lose it completely. Anyway, yeah, ties always worth it because well, say it's tight, it's worth it. It's, it's difficult, but they always pay good value. Um, Amy, what do you have? Oh, geez. Um, I think Jim. You look at Jimmy's Forest up against. Uh, Villa, they're in mm. tough, man. They really are. They are really in tough. I mean, Villa are, I think, the third best record in the league since Unai Emery arrived there. Yep, they're above Liverpool them. now, right? Villa's in seventh in oh, the table. Isn't everyone above Liverpool? <laughs> <laughs> <It is right. laughs> um, let me see this. Villa is, where are we here? Villa, Villa, Villa. Villa's, uh, yeah, they're plus 215. Um, you know, Newcastle is plus money, plus 125 on the road 
that shows the respect that people have for Villa because Newcastle's playing great right now. Um, I like Newcastle right now. I, I tell you what, plus one twenty-five, kind of like that. Not bad, not bad. Some tough ones though. Tough. Yeah, ones. I'm. I'm actually thinking. I'm just. I'm in relegation watch, and I find it so fascinating. As I've said before, I'm just so not used to this. I'm thinking of Craig's West Ham. They've got a game in hand, but they're tied with Everton, Forest, um, and Wolves are one up on them. So their match against, I think it's Fulham? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're away to Fulham. Like, their game in hand, is... too, is City away. So, Oh, my Eesh. God. They're in, tr- <laughs> like, they're in trouble, Gregor. Your hammers were in like the Euro Cup semifinals last year around this time. I right? know, Wonger. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and But my point is, we went to a match. I mean, at the bar. We went to go watch it. Um, and, like, they were, I think, I forget what the team they were playing. It was a German team. It was great. It was a great, great kind of, right. yeah. yeah. But great head-to-head. To head, uh, and I just can't believe how far they've fallen. That's yeah. all. I think they can get something at Fulham, though. And they pay, they pay uh, 155 Plus one fifty five for the win for West Ham. Fulham's at plus one ninety at home. That that is juicy. Given I mean, Fulham's coming off a, a, a bad result, but obviously no Mitrovic banned for eight games for for shoving a referee. So that's that's you know not great, obviously. But given the the broader picture of this season, Fulham's played so much better than West Ham, and to get them at plus one ninety at home, not bad. Maybe worth a sprinkle there, eh? Any dubs? Mm-hmm. No sprinkles. Sprinkle. Sprinkle. <laughs> um, Leicester Bournemouth's massive, right? You know, two teams in the relegation zone. Leicester's at minus 107 as favorites, plus 290 for Bournemouth. So that's uh, interesting. No one's mentioned Liverpool Arsenal yet. I don't want to. What's the point? Well, because there's value be a, to be had. It's going to be three to one for Arsenal. But it's at Anfield, right? And as, as bad as the Reds have been, um, at home, they're pretty good. They're a different team entirely. And they're paying 180. Put your dollar uh, fifty on that, then, Charms. I want well, to you know, you, you, you can get a Liverpool draw, no bet at plus 107. Now, what that means is, is Liverpool win, or they get a draw. So if if they win, you get plus 107. But if they draw, then it's nothing. It's evens. You, you don't lose anything. Oh, that's a good one. It's yeah. like insurance. Insurance, yeah, exactly, hmm. exactly. Betting aside, though, and uh, even as a Liverpool supporter. I kind of want Arsenal to win, <laughs> just to maintain I, the the lead at the top. Yeah, because I don't want I don't want City to to win the league. I know what you mean. I tell you what, you look at the schedules though, coming down the stretch. I mean, Arsenal's got a really tough schedule compared to City, and City have their game in hand. I still think Arsenal can hang on, but um, Arsenal's still playing. I think at Newcastle, mm-hmm. they're at City, which is obviously going to be a huge one. Liverpool, mm-hmm. then they have um, they have Brighton as well. Uh, whereas City are going to just roll, although they have the Champions League to worry about and the FA Cup semi-final as well. So, lots to... Sorry, my lots dog. to bark about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my dog's being a prick. Um, okay, so that was, that was funny picks. Uh, I want to get to, before we close up, though, um, I know, Dubs, you're upset about this, I think. You, you watched the finalissima, which was, mm-hmm. was great, uh, but you saw Richarlison yeah. in the stands um, wearing his Brazil shirt. Yeah, and you're not you're not having this. No, it's not that I'm not having it. I I think I I like it. 
I think in oh, general, you like it. yeah. You said you wouldn't do it though. No, but almost as a criticism of myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I love that he's there. And I don't know if you go back and you look at that photo, somebody drew it to my attention later, that Corinne Ziak, who just got relieved of her duties as France coach for the women's national team, was sitting right in front of him, which is hilarious. <laughs> but um, I love that he's wearing his own jersey. And, and Craig, maybe you can speak to this, but I don't know if it's a Canadian thing, but um, when all my family was watching the women win gold, everybody was wearing like my old jerseys and my, uh, my brother was in town with his, with his kids and his wife and my sisters came over. So there was like 20 of us watching the game. And so there were Walsh jerseys all around, right? Everyone was wearing one of my old jerseys, but I, even in my own house, felt awkward about donning my own jersey. Like I felt like a little bit of an idiot. So I wore D's. So there's like a family pick where everyone's wearing Walsh and we're all pointing to the back, a la Jimmy Brennan. But I'm, I'm pointing to... <laughs> to D-Math. I'm wearing a Diana Matheson jersey. But like, why is that a thing? And I even remember when I was a kid or like, uh, you know, I, I, my, my first foray into the national team and then coming back with, if we were lucky enough to get like a tracksuit top or something that was said Canada soccer on it. I remember feeling intensely aware of the fact that I'd be wearing it out to like my club team or um, school or something like that and worried about drawing attention to myself being embarrassed almost to, to wear it. And is that, that a Canadian thing or is, that, is that I mean, a, a me thing? What is it's that? so fucking tragic. <laughs> Isn't it dumb? It's really sad. You should be yeah. so proud of wearing that thing. Uh, no, I think and, yeah. some therapy would help, Amy. <laughs> a confession. I think going back to confession might help. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Craig, when you went back to West Ham or Ipswich, were you wearing your, your score merchandise that you were given? I mean, no. pride. No. no, I think Amy's right. I'd, I'd be wearing somebody else's name, but I wouldn't be wearing my own. No. Wow, that's sad. I mean, but we I, do right. Like it's like yeah, I, I, I still, Amy. Let's no, get let's forget forget teams. Okay, that's why I, I get that. But you're in your own house. I mean, your family's not going to judge you and say, "Oh, there she is. There she is." Oh, <laughs> no, big time Charlie wearing her own shirt. <laughs> big time Charlie. Here comes Amy. <laughs> I know. What a surprise! Yeah, we know Amy. You played for Canada 104 times. Yeah, we know. 102. Yeah, yeah 102, but it's, it's dumb, right? Did your sister wear hers? Because she played for the national team too, right? Yeah. No, Cindy wasn't there. Cindy oh, okay. was working. W would she have? Is she a big I time? I don't know. Charlie? That's a, no, she's not either. It's more about the name on the front of the jersey than the name on the back. Mm -hmm. I'm but more interested. I, that. I would wear a Walsh jersey. I'd wear a Brennan jersey. Yeah. I'd wear, I'd wear a, a Walsh jersey. jersey. Yeah. Who wouldn't want a Walker jersey? JC for sure. Charms, you're always <laughs> on the other team, so probably not. <laughs> says the guy who, who's flaunting his Puma track top every single podcast to us. Even though, but it doesn't have forests on the back, so no, I kind of, I kind of get that. But is it a closet full of them for us? But we never get them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do have uh, my jerseys I, behind me, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Faison's, Faison's pharmaceuticals. I don't have it this way. Oh, that's nice. You should do that. Have it that way, though. Yeah, really. yeah. that is nice. That looks yeah. great. That is sweet. I like that. I'm more interested though. Um, you wore Diana's. Canada top right did you just like steal that last time you stayed at house is that what it was you you went through a drawers when you're staying there and just nicked it 
<laughs> no, she does have a bathrobe, and I think it was like a gag gift, and it has Matheson on the back. So I took a photo of myself wearing the bathrobe <laughs> with Matheson on the back. But that stayed that stayed between us. It wasn't like pu- uh, published on the socials or anything. It was her birthday too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Amy, you got something coming up too that you could wear your jersey all along. You're going to France. I am. When do you leave? I leave tonight. Ooh. I know. So tell On us what plane. this trip is about. Yeah. So it's in my role as a consultant to develop women's soccer for CF Montreal. So in partnership with Soccer Quebec, the existing programs that they have with the National Development Center in Quebec, it's called the PEF. And so these 15s and 17s, um, 27 of that group are over in France and they've already played a game against, uh, I can't remember the the club, but in, you know, the, the League One, the kind of the robust uh, professional um, environment that they have over there. They're playing like the tier two or tier three or academy teams there. And they won their first game and then they have three more. And then, um, so I'm going to be there supporting them and, and giving more visibility to not only women's soccer here in, in Quebec, but kind of exposing them to that pathway to pro that will be here eventually in 2025 with project eight. And then the, the club can slot in and be that pipeline to, to develop these players and to really springboard them into a professional career. That's going to be a great trip. So how many days are you there for? Five days. And then I'm going to um, vanish on the last day and, and go watch Canada play France. <laughs> because it's, nice. it's not part of the program because they already had you know their itiner- itinerary set and then, then the games that they were going to be playing. So I'm going to steal the other club representative and, and we're going to go and watch Canada play. That'd be so when are you trip. back? When are you back? Wednesday. Okay, so news and yep. dubs goes ahead no matter what next Friday. Just making That's sure. It. Can All you right. send pictures to the dark web and we'll we'll post them? I will, one hundred percent. And speaking of pictures on the on the dark web, we were talking about wearing wearing jerseys. So if if I sent you a Walsh jersey or Craig Forrest sends you one of one of his jerseys, can you give us a a James Sharman pick? But maybe you shirt cocking it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I had no idea what a shirt cock was until you told me. Yeah. <laughs> It's from Deadpool. Deadpool really? and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about Winnie the Pooh, he's always wearing a shirt, but. See, I no, sent a picture no of, uh, of me that my sister sent me. When I must have been like three or something, wearing this little tiny shirt that was a bit too small for me. And uh, Dub says it's her, her, her goal in life is to find that shirt and I'll wear it and, and the shirt cock it, which means wear that and nothing else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You wouldn't know it's the difference. No, it's because Charm said that he'd be, wearing, he'd be wearing it in like in like a like a mug photo or like your, <laughs> it'd be like your serial killer photo. Yeah, you'd be wearing that when jumper they, with the cat on it. Once they discover the bodies, <laughs> that. <laughs> hey Wong, so going back to the uh, the shirts and names. When you played um, college football, university football, did yeah. you have your names in the back? Or was it just numbers? No. No, we uh, did not. Yeah, you basically are, you're, as Amy knows, at, at probably Nebraska too. I, did you guys have your names on everything? That is a good, no, we did not. No, it's, and you're basically, the coach goes, you know, you, you're, I, here's a number, represent it well. This, these are the guys that played before in that space under that number. And you, that kind of gets you, oh, you're right. I'm going to hold up the mantle. I never really did. The New York Yankees. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like that. You know, it's not like their number 36 is being uh, 
hung from the rafters at the <laughs> McGill Auditorium number or anything. Is it number 36. Maybe yep. who's wearing, who was wearing number 36 now uh, at McGill? If you listen to this, which I'm sure you don't, um, please tell us what was said about the previous players to wear that number. The, and did you please do, do, you do bong hits? Want. Do you do bong hits with Craig Forrest? Do you <laughs> do you sell beer in the stands yeah. the year after you're kicked off the team? <laughs> no one sold more beer than number thirty six. That's right. From third leading tackler to selling beer for two fifty in the stands. Still one of my favorite stories that ever. It's brilliant. And is thirty six an because it was by position, like football? You're yeah. Thirty six was yeah. It was kind of a defensive back. Uh, kickoff punt returner kind of position. Yeah. Do you want to know who it is now? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Jeffrey Amiciel Chatele or Chatele Chatele. So, I don't. I don't read good. So there's been more than one cat <laughs> playing for McGill. Yeah. Jesus Christ, JC, get the name that's right. Some, that's some French for you. <laughs> Amiciel Chatele. <laughs> Chatelier, probably. Chatelier. Yeah, that where's the number with pride? That's a that's a famous number, and you should respect the history of that number. Yep. Do it don't, hit, don't hit the gym. They've <laughs> <laughs> not won a cup since, have they? Never. Probably, and I say this really sadly. I don't think they will ever again. Oh um, unfortunately, they're too, they're too smart. <laughs> way they're they're trying to get kids into that school who are well-rounded and have an athletic background with really high academics it's you know it's it's all there's too many subject matter experts both in academia and in athletics and you don't always get that to line up unfortunately well you're well-rounded now Oh, yes. Sorry. Divorced. <laughs> I've been married, divorced, single. I'm well-rounded for sure. He's multi-layers, the Wonga. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, listen, Amy, safe travels. Thank enjoy, you. Uh, enjoy France, and we look forward to the picks for sure. Um, enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. You can catch those games, of course, on Fubo TV. Uh, we're back on Sunday to uh, look back and see what happens, see if our, our, our footy picks came through like they always do. And, oh, wait. And, and Charms, what? for all of our Canadian uh, listeners, we're going to start uh, having all the CPL teams represented. We're going to be mm-hmm. doing some interviews with them. Absolutely, yeah. I'm thinking actually maybe we'll do – Sunday could be an issue for the podcast. Yeah, but Wednesdays just, and Fridays, I think, will slip people in. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, though, this, this Sunday could be an issue oh, for me. Oh, right. So it'll be a Monday show. <laughs> yeah, i got maybe. my folks coming over. That's all. Yeah. Because well, we celebrate Easter so profoundly. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, but maybe we'll do it Monday. Okay. But there'll be a podcast at some point, right? Or you yeah. do it without me. I don't care. Yeah. Go right. ahead. We like you here. Nah. We're going to stop it. Yeah. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Keep buying newspapers and uh, cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.